Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session thanks to cpdjunkie.com.au. The goal of the first appointment is a second appointment. I've heard people say that and when you first think about it, you think, is that really the goal? But actually, it makes so much sense. How can you get the point across if you don't organize the next appointment, if you haven't got that retention? How can you have a successful practice? How can you be a successful associate? How can you be busy? How can you even be doing the higher end stuff, the stuff that they generally don't just come in and say, hey, I want... $20,000 worth of work. Usually it takes rapport, trust and time and that takes retention of the patient over a period of time. It's better for everybody. In this podcast, we have the pleasure of talking again with Dr. Jesse Green. Jesse Green is a leader in this space. In fact, he wrote the book about it or a book about it. It's called Retention. And I really highly encourage you to have a read of that. I read it years ago before I met Jesse. um, And since then, I've only learned more from him and the Savvy Dentist podcast and his content. And I think this is something that is, is really important from the concept of an associate. Perhaps you're not fully booked or, um, you know, you're hoping for the practice to get you new patients, what you retain or who you retain and how many you retain is as important, if not more important than new patients. The patients you retain are going to refer people to you. They're going to be more inclined to trust you and to believe what you're saying when you're offering treatment that is helping that patient. Retention is paramount and in this podcast, Dr. Jesse Green gives real life examples of ways you can improve that and things to think about as an associate, as an owner. We start this conversation with Jesse's journey towards writing the book on retention and what he's learned so far. So, David, when we sold our first practice and we moved back to Brisbane from Canberra, my wife said to me, it's really important that we don't own another dental practice for a little while, Jesse. I want you to take a breather. We want to take a breather and all that sort of stuff. And and that was really you know, good. Um, but I get itchy feet and I'm always interested <laughs> in business and always up to something. And I came across affiliate marketing, uh, building websites, selling things online. And I got to be you know, pretty adept at that. And after a little while, my uni friends started asking me to build their websites. And it was at that time when internet marketing was a new thing. Uh, SEO was a kind of thing that no one had ever heard of before. Pay-per-click advertising was not even on the radar yet at that point. And so what ended up happening is I built these websites and ran traffic to them for my dental mates. We made the phone ring and, you know, Pretty much everyone said, if I just had more patients, Jesse, or more new patients, everything would be fine. But, of course, we gave them more new patients and we realised that things weren't fine. We needed to understand what was going on. And we began to realise that they were getting lots of new patients but leaking the old or existing patients. And then at the same time, I was working as an associate. And coincidentally, this is all kind of happening in around the same period of time. And that particular practice I was working at, which I, I referenced in a couple of stories I've told elsewhere, is that that practice over, I think it was a period of um, seven years, lost 14,000 patients. So 14,000 patients had been through the doors, had never been recalled. Wow. Yeah, it's a big number. In seven it? years, that's seven like 2,000 a year. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. And so if you think about it from um, uh, how many patients per dentist, full-time dentist, you know, somewhere around 1,500 patients, give or take, is considered a full caseload for a full-time dentist. Now, I know there's variation with that. I get that it's not a precise number. But just for the sake of the argument, that's kind of like 10 dentists worth of, almost 10 <laughs> yeah. dentists worth of um, patients that they lost over that period of time. And that's 
that's massive. So all of these things were coming together. I was thinking, you know, it's great to have new patients. We all understand that, you know, new blood is the lifeblood of a practice, but we also need to understand that retention is important. And we also know that people like to buy from those who they know, like, and trust. So I remember learning about retention mats. And I did some um, ratio studies. And for the sake of the argument, uh, let's, I'll put some dollar amounts to it. These numbers will be conservative, but the ratios are important. So let's just say a patient comes in and in that first year they spend $500 for this. Maybe it's an exam, bite wings, restoration or two, whatever it happens to be. In year two, on average, they'll spend somewhere between 1.8 to two times that amount. So for easy maths, we'll call that $1,000. And then in year three, it's about one and a half times year two, so $1,500. And, you know, in marketing, we talk about lifetime value and all that sort of stuff. And that's, I think, really hard to measure in a dental practice. Not impossible, just hard. So, But if we look at the three-year value using this scenario, it's a $3,000 spend over three years. And if we lose our patients after that first year, we're only getting one-sixth of that potential revenue. Um, and if we obviously after the second year, we get one half and after the third year, we get all of it and then some. But what's also interesting is we lose the ability to generate more patients through word of mouth marketing, reviews, referrals, et cetera, et cetera. So not only are we losing the revenue, we're losing the driver of future growth as well. And so retention is a huge, huge issue. And I think a lot of people pay at lip service, even even now, uh, we've been talking about retention for years and years and years. I still think it's an underrated uh, part of the marketing. It's also two things I want to mention. One, from that point of view, there's two sides to the scale, right? So you're losing the um, value you can get from having that patient, but also you've spent money to get that patient. And obviously, a lot of my listeners are associates, so it's not as relevant, but it's still just as important to you. Like there's money spent to get that patient in the door and a business doesn't work if you're just losing from those both ends. Yeah, totally. And on top of that, if we just take the commercial side away from it, and the commercial thing is obviously really imperative, and that's kind of what I talk about mostly, but from a professional satisfaction point of view, it's nice to see your patients come back. It's nice to see your treatment come back. If you're not retaining your patients, you never see how your treatment performs over time. Um, and it's nice to you know have had your patients come back again and again and again and again and build that relationship almost maybe not a friendship per se, where you go out for a beer or something, but you develop a closeness and and that doesn't happen unless you retain your patients. It's something special in general dentistry that I definitely, after now four and a half years in one place, and I'm really seeing that. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional, and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief. Sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. 
we talk about, you know, retention or, or case acceptance, all these words and people think, oh, it's a bit salesy. But if you're not, if your patients are not understanding and therefore not doing what you recommend, what you recommend should be legitimate and therefore they're missing out on their own health if they're, yeah. So it's like there's many, many reasons that you want these things to work well. 100%, mate. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think if approaching it from the health point of view, we want the best for our patients, right? We're going to recommend the treatment for our patients that we'd recommend to our mum, uh, assuming we get on with our mum. Yeah, um, let's see. <laughs> so hopefully it's a valid assumption, ladies and gents. I often refer to my mother-in-law, but then I always clarify to say I really like my mother-in-law. So <laughs> anyway, um, so retention. What are the, the key things, mostly associates are listening, what are the key things they should be thinking about to help with retention of their patients? It really comes back to a couple of key fundamentals. And the first thing is just keeping it top of mind because it's easy to think they'll come back without a prompt and it's about putting focus on it. And once you've kind of got it focused in your mind and then it's a case of, well, how, you know, from a tactical, practical point of view do I do that? And I think it's important to understand that patients don't know. They don't understand dentistry like we understand dentistry. They don't know what the next step is. And our job as dentists is to educate. Yes, of course, we want to perform the treatment well, it goes without saying, but the patients will place no more value on the dentistry than the value we put on the dentistry. So if we're not giving people a compelling reason to return. If we're not saying, you know, Mrs. Smith, when we see you in September this year or in October this year, whenever it happens to be six months hence, uh, we're going to be focusing on these three things, you know, the crack on the lower mile. You know, we don't want that to propagate. We don't want that to turn into, you know, a broken tooth or, you know, become infected with, you know, bacterial, you know, ingress into the tooth, whatever language we put to that. They're not going to understand why we want them to come back in six months' time. So the first thing I'd say is when you say come back in six months' time, put a month around that because I don't know, David, have you, have you ever had a patient that comes in and swears so they're blue in the face that they're only in six months ago but you look at the notes <laughs> and it's kind of like 18 months ago or 20 months ago or whatever it is? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> More often than not, though, I see them and think they were just in a couple of months ago uh, and I realised there was two. There, there you go. <laughs> Time flies. There, there you go. And so I, I think it's really important if we say, yeah, September or October and we put a month on it and that way that's anchored in their mind. But equally, if we can explain why we want them to come back. And have you ever um, come across a poem, and I'm putting on the spot, mate, so I apologise, but there's a poem called For Want of a Nail by Benjamin Franklin. Go on. I don't, I don't think so, but go on. Okay, so I'm going to butcher I'll look it. it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to butcher this really badly. So, ladies and gents, forgive me. I'm going <laughs> to totally take something great from Benjamin Franklin and make it very ordinary. Um, but the, the poem goes something like this. For want of a horseshoe nail, the horseshoe was lost. For want of a horseshoe, the uh, horse was lost. For want of a horse, the message was lost. For want of the message, the battle was lost. For want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. All for the want of a horseshoe nail. And so we're talking about problems and implications and consequences, right? So basically in that story, the whole kingdom was lost because of one little nail. And so we need to understand that it's not a teeny tiny bit of caries or a tiny bit of decay. It's we want to make sure when we see you in October that decay hasn't gotten any larger or that beginning, you know, that incipient lesion, I'm getting to dental jargon, but, you know, that, that lesion hasn't progressed through the enamel and into the dentine and caused a real problem because we know that if it does, it could, you know, progress towards the pulp of the tooth, the nerve, cause an infection and so on. Well, you might say it's really important that when we see in October we check this crack because we want to be sure it doesn't propagate 
if it propagates, there's a couple of key risks. One is the tooth could break, of course. Secondly, uh, we could have flexing of the tooth, which allows bacteria into the tooth and could lead to an infection within the nerve of the tooth. Yet none of those situations are good. So when we see you in October, we want to check the stability of that tooth. And so now they've got a reason to come back. That's, yeah, that's so fantastic. And I definitely, I've learned that from you um, many years ago. That was really well done reciting that poem. <laughs> and it's actually a pretty profound um, uh, metaphor. It makes a lot of sense. I think if people are listening and listen back maybe to the poem as well, but actually what Jesse said there is if he was t- talking to a patient because those little conversations, they matter so much. If you just say goodbye, we'll see you next time. Next time might be two years or more. It's 2021. We're used to cloud-based software enhancing every aspect of our lives. But what about something we use every day, our dental practice management software? Imagine something rethought from the ground up, designed for intuitiveness, leveraging what's possible in today's technology. Something that optimizes our daily workflows and does what modern dentists need to stay competitive and connected. Principal practice management software is this intelligent, efficient, and intuitive because it's 2021 and you can expect something more. Go to principal.dental to learn more. I think, again, if we stick to the tactical and practical things, I think it's important that we um, understand that there's a handover process. So as I've had that conversation, which we call the compelling reason conversation, I have that conversation a second time when I'm handing the patient over to the reception team at the front desk. But this time, I'm having the conversation with the receptionist and the patient is listening. And it's a third-party listening technique, very common. And I think, you know, again, the receptionist doesn't need all of that information to make the next appointment. She just needs to know the duration and what's happening and so on. But, again, it's just to reiterate that. And, and then for the third time, what I'll do is I'll print out, um, you know, either a clinical photo or some sort of diagram which highlights where cracks are or caries or perio or whatever it is and ask them to put that up on their bathroom mirror so they can keep that front of mind. So that's just, again, creating urgency to come back. I think part of retention as well uh, is, you know, understanding that if we do that, uh, we're going to prevent cancellations and no-shows later, and, and your reception team will love you forever if you can prevent that um, because cancellations and no-shows are where patient attrition begins. And so the cancellation or no-show kind of blends into two months, three months, five months, six months, then all of a sudden they've seen a marketing message from some other practice in town and they're off. So I think that's that. But I think the big thing really in in all seriousness is to build relationships. And dentistry is a very much a human business and it's about asking questions, being interested in the answers, really, really listening. And I think I can't remember who said this, David, so you might know, and I, again I'm attributing this to someone other than me, but I don't know who to attribute it to. But someone said, uh, smart people have all the answers. Uh, Geniuses have all the questions. And I think the better we get at asking questions that are really good at uncovering what's going on for that person at an emotional level, social level, we can start to understand them, take an interest in them, become familiar with them, and build that relationship because relationships are the glue that holds a dental practice together, even with the team as well. And um, I think it's really, really important. And I guess the third thing I'd say, and, and this is perhaps partly to do with the associate 
primarily to do with the business owner, but retaining your team is also really important in terms of retaining your patients. Patients don't like to see turnover of staff. You know, you've got a different DA with you this time, Bob. You know, what happened to Susie or the Mary before that or whoever it was sitting next to you? And if you've got constant turnover, it sows a seed of doubt in the mind of the patient. So we want to be able to hang on to our team as well. So I think there's something about retaining your team will help retain your patients as well. Yeah, it's interesting. These topics, all of these kinds of topics bring communication and leadership in. And and like you said, I think the, the second point with communication relationships with your patient and just genuinely caring, mm-hmm. <laughs> like showing your care by listening and having that little bit of time to explore and ask that extra question that opens a whole door. Those relationships, once they're formed, uh, and most of us listening, we have those rela- relationships with our own professionals that we interact with. Like you can think to, you know, do you go to the same hairdresser or not? Do you go to the same um, doctor and GP or, or you know, accountant, etc.? You've got a relationship. And if you don't have a relationship, you'd move on. I think that's such great, great advice. Um, retention is very important. It's very important for associates to understand just as much as an owner. We are responsible for our own books um, as well. And I think a lot of people kind of sit there thinking, When's, where, my, where are my new patients? But it's about us also facilitating that as well. Um, any last thoughts there, Jesse? It's obviously a topic you could literally talk all day. You wrote a book on it, literally. Um, <laughs> any last thoughts? You've actually indicated a group of professionals who do it really well, and that is hairdressers, and it's because they are so good at the relationship piece. And if you want to have patients that value, if you want to have patients that accept treatment, if you want to not be treated as a commodity but treated as the trusted advisor that you are, then it's about patient retention and relationships and building that community. And, um, yeah, I think the more time you invest in that, you'll get an incredible return. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, mate. It's always good to talk to you. You're a good man. That's perfect. Um, Jesse, obviously we'll find you at the Savvy Dentist and the Savvy Dentist podcast, something inspired this podcast. Um, Let's just comment, where can people find the book? Because I actually found it really useful years ago before I even knew you I read that. Um, well, the book's available on Amazon um, or you can grab it from the Savvy Dentist website, which is SavvyDentist.com and, and uh, there's a workbook that goes with that. So um, if you grab the book, grab the workbook, which is a freebie, um, but it's really about implementing what you learn rather than just reading it and kind of going, oh, that's interesting. We want to actually have you take action on it. So uh, grab the grab the book from Amazon and grab the workbook from the website and uh, hopefully that makes a big difference for you. I'd love to hope that it will. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Jesse Crane. Thanks, David. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.